Hey everybody, and welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a show where we find and discuss the nerdiest news from the last week. My name's Jack, and I'm here with my good friend Austin, and we'll start this week the way we always do. Hey man, what have you been up to? Dude, I um, I have been uh, reading some uh, Song of Ice and Fire spinoff stuff. Which is a nerd. I know, right? And then I've been playing a lot of (laughs) Dark Souls, you know, and then I, uh, what, uh, what's that game? I, uh, Rune Factory 4 again. I've been into that too. Yeah, I've been, um, I I get latched onto these things and it's so much fun. So unique and it's so cool. And I just, uh, I love the whole like art aspect of it too. See, I can't really say shit about it. Like I'm still playing Persona 5. Mm -hmm. I finally beat it after like 120 hours uh, played. And then I was like. Okay, you know, I'll go check out the free games for PS Plus this month, um, like Abzu. I, I jumped into it, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like, it looks, you know, it's a it's a beautiful game. It's got cool music, and art style's great and everything. And then I was like, but, you know, I could check out what New Game Plus is like in Persona. I wasn't. It's, it's good. I mean, it's like, <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's weird because it's like playing the game on easy, which in a game where you're always on a time limit with Persona... Um, it makes you feel like you have superpowers because like if you, you know, depending on how you played your first playthrough, you have a bunch of really good weapons that carry over. You have, uh, your persona. Um, I don't know. I don't know if registry Mm -hmm. is like still mostly full. So you can like pull in old personas that you used in your last playthrough, even though they're like way over leveled for you. Um, it's, I mean, yeah, it basically makes you feel like you're playing, as a superhero and you can use like different items to level up interpersonal relationships faster. So whereas in the first playthrough, you feel like you have to make a lot of cuts to um, like, I have to value this relationship over this relationship. Yeah. This is going to get me better benefits this way. It feels like you can really get a hundred percent playthrough. You know what I mean? I think, so. Do you think uh, it's, do you think it should scale like kind of, or do you think it is too easy to the point where like, you're like, huh, that's interesting. It's entirely. So it's entirely up to the player. But, like, I find it hard to believe that anyone who starts New Game Plus is going to choose to use the old equipment again. Yeah, that's... Like, you would just... That's just not... Like, to me, that's not the kind of gamer I am. I'm like, I want to have the best thing possible all the time. Yeah, it's it's that strive for yeah. me. I played a lot of MMORPGs. Yeah. And, um, as they say, you gotta get those Professor Plums. Those purples. Those <laughs> okay. epics. You know what I mean? All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, if you had the option, you would just kind of do that right away um and yeah. so that's like that's what i'm doing i mean i'm walking through the first palace like dungeon thing and i just reckon everyone i come across and it feels really good, to play that. <laughs> that's, good. that's awesome but yeah uh it basically just playing on new game plus gives you a bunch of extra free time because mm-hmm. of how easy it makes the beginning part of the game and how easy it makes it to upgrade your relationships so it's just like it's a fun experiment i don't know if it's worth sticking around for another 70 hours. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, yeah, that's interesting because yeah. uh, I, I would have always assumed when you hear a new game or something, it's new game plus. It's always like, okay, now all the enemies scale higher. Yeah. Or something. It, but I've never played a Persona game and I know you've explained it to me and I've seen some stuff about it. Sure. And I would understand why they don't do that. Like it resets your level, um, but you just like, so you're back down to level one or whatever. Okay. But it lets you bring enough that it's just not difficult anymore. Okay, yeah. And, like, I, you know, you can choose to play on a higher difficulty, which I just didn't do because I was like, oh, I'm just going to fuck around. Uh, so it's, it's your it. fault. Yeah, it's You're my fault. Like, I could have okay. played um, on a harder difficulty, but even then, you would still have end game equipment. So you don't think if you chose hard, it would be like more even matched or no? I, again, even with end game equipment, really, like, okay, like it would be, be because of that equipment, like it would still be pretty easy, at least initially. Maybe when you get towards the back end of the game, it would start getting much harder. Okay, because then sense. your your stuff kind of levels out. Yeah. But anyway, that's enough about Persona. <laughs> um, like I said, Abzu looks great. I basically only turned it on so that I would have a different game to talk about briefly during the beginning <laughs> of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but what do you say we get into some stories? I would love to. Yeah. All right. So the first thing I wanted to talk about this week is there was um, it was initially leaked and then it was officially revealed. Darksiders 3. Uh, it was an IGN first. Um, so, you know, they made a deal with the publisher to get the story first and uh, get it out there. The trailer dropped. It looks pretty cool. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I mean, I played Dark, Darksiders 1. I the played first Darksiders one. 1 and 2, but I don't know if I ever finished it. See, I bought it on Steam as a bundled deal. Mm-hmm. Like one of those summer sales, like 50 bucks or 50 games. It's just as like, you do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I started playing it because I was like, oh, that's so cool. I love the Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Yeah. I get to play War. And I thought it was so boring. 
<laughs> and I really didn't like it. I really didn't get sure. that far into it. I really couldn't because it felt like every fight was just like X, Y, like A or something. Do you know how long after the initial release you played it? Was it like years after the initial release? It was, or? yeah, it was a while after it came out. Because I feel like when that game came out, it was easier to appreciate because I, I don't sense. think things had gone as, you know, like game games are always evolving rapidly from one year to the next. So like... I don't know. Maybe if if it, if you'd played it like at release, I'm not like you're allowed to feel however you want to feel. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to convince you to feel differently about it. But like, it was like pretty a pretty decent Zelda clone. I get like, that. Yeah, it uh, it was really pretty too. Yeah, which I actually did like. I know um, I read online a lot of people were like I wanted to be darker and stuff, but mm-hmm. I really like the color shades because you have angels and like when you when you walking through the apocalypse, yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah, man, and it's like it's a it's a I don't know. Maybe it's my Catholic upbringing, but it's like a mythology that I really enjoy. I think everyone does. It, it's it's, it's such a good story. Is so cool. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. But uh, I I actually didn't like it so much that I wasn't interested in the second one. Mm. But I do love the idea you play as a horseman. Yeah, I think that's so cool. Like death, and he looks awesome. War yeah. was really cool. Yeah. Um, this horseman, I uh, Fury. Yeah, I, I don't know who she's replacing because you and I were discussing this beforehand. Yeah. Like. Death is not always included in the horsemen. It's it's a so the initial thing the initial horsemen were war, plague, famine, and conquest. Yes, I believe. and because death is included with war, famine, and yeah, plague, all these things all of them to lead death. to death. Yeah. So it's like kind of like he's like included in all of them. Yeah. You don't need to have his own horsemen. Yeah, so it's weird. Like I don't know where she uh, Fury uh, fits in with the mythos, but like. I'm, I guess I'm down to figure it out. Yeah, I wasn't, I, I'm not crazy about her character design, though. It's yeah. something about, like, her... She looks like a cat. A little bit. Like, I, I, I like the concept of the whip. Uh, I think her hair is cool, because it, like, it's all... It, like her It's whole, like ethereal. You yeah, know what I mean? ethereal, yeah. It's, like, all very flowy and whip-like, right? It, it fits that. But, like, something about her face, I'm just, like... Like, you... It's, like, a generic badass female character. Like, I like her armor. Like she looks... Yeah. I think uh, it's the face, because she has these weird tattoos on her face or something. <laughs> I don't really and know I was like, I don't know that. And I like Death's face, because it was, like, a skeleton. Yeah, Death's would, face was a mask. It, it was, like, like Skeletor. Yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was exactly. pretty cool. Yeah. Was, but, um... I'm willing to give her a shot. Yeah. I mean, I might pick this game up because, like I said, I do love these concepts. Yeah. And it sounds cool. She's after the seven deadly sins, and that's so cool. That, that again, is like that whole, the, the whole, so when people take these, like, Christian stories and expand them into, like, like making the seven deadly sins actual characters, making yeah. the horsemen actual characters, like, that's cool as It's fun. amazing. I hope uh, Pandora's in there. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, That'd be things so like cool. that. That like, would be incredible. And and there was a show that I used to watch back in the day, and we used to talk about it on the podcast like a while ago, uh, called um, oh shit, Supernatural. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen a lot of Supernatural. My wife's a humongous fan. Pretty good. And they did a similar thing with Christian mythology, yeah. um, where or I don't I don't know. And I hope it's not offensive to say mythology. Like, yeah, the more fantastical parts of of Christianity. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. Or, or like, Judeo-Christian belief systems, you know what I mean? Uh, well, they took the more fantastical parts of that and made them actual characters. I always thought that was so cool. So I hope that this can carry some of that magic. Yeah, seasons one through five were, like, it's a pretty good story arc. And then it gets a little weird after that. So seasons one through five are, like, some of the best television. And then it gets, like, falls off, it falls yeah. off the rails. It goes off the rails completely. And then, like, I stopped watching it. But, like, some of my friends, uh, like, podcast listeners will remember Fred, like, was like, oh, you know, it gets a lot better. It comes back. And it's just like, I don't don't know if I want to invest in that again. It's going to get interesting. My wife still watches it, and I peek in every couple episodes. And she's a season behind, but God's sister is involved now. And um, do you know know who God is? You know know Chuck is God, right? Why are you? Are you ruining things for people? No, this is, like, in last season. I know. Are you spoiling things for people? Oh, I mean. I, I, I don't think so. I think this is old. I it's apologize like, if that's spoiled anything for anyone. Yeah, no, I mean, that was like a thing. Well, a Chuck is ago. God is like very canon. I knew that season yeah, five. Yeah, a lot of people like that based on the events of the end of season five. And they kind of confirmed it in like, I think it was two seasons ago with like a funny episode about a play and like based off his writings, mm. that was basically confirmed. And then they confirmed it in the one season, basically being like, hey. Well, I hope we didn't spoil that for now. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's yeah, that that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like making these character, making these beings actual characters is a really good way to kind of like make them tangible, um, like 
interesting like forces of, of nature. Yeah, so I, it's cool. It's really yeah. cool. Uh, but the my like one issue with this is that it's not the same studio. So like I don't know. I'm pretty sure the studio that made Dark Siders one and two closed. I did not know that. Uh, yeah, THQ Nordic, which is the team that's making this game, is not the same THQ that uh, THQ fo- uh, folded a while back and like no longer exists. So you're saying since I didn't like the first game, there's a chance I'll like this one. I don't know. Uh, you don't know. I don't right. know. I guess no it's a good chance. I'll hate it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what do we? What do you say we move on to the next? One? Absolutely. All right. So we wanted to talk about uh, Nintendo. Um, Doing pretty well this month. This is this yeah. is the Nintendo suite of stories that we're stepping into. I, I played the uh, classic edition, and that's really and it makes me hate them so much more. That you can't. Get it was it. beautiful. I'm I couldn't sorry. believe how good I'm it was. Sorry, man. Yeah. No, but uh, the first thing we wanted to talk about was Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Uh, it is apparently um, the fastest selling Mario Kart game in franchise history. This story comes from Business Wire. Um, it is. I am conflicted about this because like I want to be excited. I do enjoy Mario Kart, but ultimately is this because there's two, maybe three games worth owning for the switch? Absolutely. Like that, that mainstream audiences would care about. I know that there are some Nintendo that I'm uh, Nintendo Indies. I'm not going to, not going to say, not going to say Indies. Um, <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> with their indie. Development. I don't like yeah. that. I, and like, I love, I love indie development. I love these games, but like, I, I don't think most people who own a switch, care about them no um i hope i'm wrong about that but it just doesn't seem like it i think people who own this nintendo platform are here to play nintendo games and so like this is you know being the second game on a new console it's it's almost not surprising that it's one of the faster selling games not only that but like when the mario kart 8 came out for the wii u it was like it was still like one of their best selling like games it would only make sense like it's like skyrim uh, remaster edition is going to sell because yeah. more Skyrim is a good Skyrim. Yeah, and uh, if you can just bundle it all together and add more stuff to it, it's pretty cool. So it, I thought this is going to sell well because people who bought the Switch knew what they were getting. Yeah, it's not like smoke and mirrors where it's just like, oh, this is so different. Like they wanted that, and now you can play Mario Kart on the go. Right, and you would buy the best game for that, which sounds like it's Mario Kart Deluxe. Yeah, if I remember correctly, Mario Kart Eight had like something, some insane attach rate on on the Wii U. Uh, I think it was like close to like fifty percent. Like one in two Wii U owners owned Mario Kart Eight. It was so good. Yeah, it was very good. Do and you have was, a Wii U? I I do technically. It's long. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's my favorite game. I like that, and I like the um, the new Super Mario Brothers Wii U. Because it was like two games in one. The fact that you're not saying Smash Brothers right now is like hurting me. I didn't play it on the Wii U at all. I would probably never play it. Right, this podcast is over. (laughs) (laughs) I I played it for the 3DS. I don't like the the mechanics in it as a I I don't like the rage meter. Hurting me so it's a bad game. (laughs) A rage meter? When the more damage you take, the more damage you can do to someone else. So the game rewards you for being terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a risk-reward balancing. It's no risk-reward. It's like, oh, I'm really bad at this game. Instead of getting good, I will just hit them. Because I hit harder now. They're making it more family-oriented, and I get it, but I'm not a child. I I think, okay, (laughs) so I think there there is a... There's a valid point to be made there, but I, I think I've never had a problem taking apart someone who had a high percentage like wait so like if i'm beating your ass to the high percentage in the first place like if you can hit me then like you you deserve whatever you get because no, it's that. not gonna end the fight like but anyway that's so we could go into like breaking apart super smash brothers or whatever I, but, yeah. like, <laughs> but like this is <coughs> speaking of which i hope that eventually comes to switch because then i'll buy a switch but um if you have it i'll try it out i haven't played it ever I never planned on doing it. Okay, no, yeah, we'll definitely because I think I think there's something to appreciate there. I, I, well, I'll, I'll convince you. I'll convince you. <laughs> okay. No, anyway, um, but Mario Kart Eight. Um, I'm excited about the fact that it's selling well. I want the Switch to succeed. I want Nintendo to succeed. But it's. Do you want them? To? I do. I, I mean, like. <laughs> I have uh, such a mixed feeling for I mean, Nintendo. Like, I love the Wii U. I actually, I'm like one of the only people that I thought the Wii U was like way better than the Wii. You know, I know a lot of, well, I guess it's a lot of the people I talk to are like older people. Sure. Cause a lot of people didn't understand what the Wii U was when it was like 
marketed or anything because yeah. they thought it was just like an, a pad for your yeah. Wii, basically. And looking back, it makes kind of sense. Like, I knew what it was. Yeah. But um, I love the Wii U. I think it's awesome. And I, I think it's one of one of my top, I'll say my top 20 favorite consoles. You See, know for mean? me, the Wii U represents the continued mistake that is the Wii. Yeah, okay. So yeah, the, that. the, that's kind of like where I, I look at it. Like the Wii U, obviously, even just from its name, is a continuation of the era where I fell off of the Nintendo wagon. I get that. You know what I mean? The like Wii the, when they when they announced the Wii, it sounds so cool. Yeah. And you look at the commercials, and it's just like, whoa, it's interactive, and it's not interactive. Yeah, it's, it's like I move my wrist. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's like, and but it was such a cool concept. When they announced it, and it was like the most out of the 360 PS3 and the Wii, the Wii sold way more than anything else because it was targeted towards families and everything. Right. And with Wii Sports, people really enjoyed the idea that like, oh, their kids would be like moving around, which like dumb parents. No, that's it's, but it's it represents like the the cliff that Nintendo fell off of. Like, so they did they they rose all the way to the peak and then they fell down the other side of the mountain because. They thought that the Wii U could continue the Wii's success, but when it came, when push came to shove, no, none of the people that bought the Wii showed up for the Wii U. Like the the yeah. final the final count was like thirteen million, whereas the final count for the Wii was, I believe, close to or over a hundred million. It was insane. It's, I, it's it's crazy how much the Wii sold, but beaten only by the PlayStation Two, I think. Yeah, PlayStation Two is that's a good one, but yeah. um. You're right. I actually I like the Wii U, yeah. but I like the pad, and I was really excited yeah. for Mario Party, which just was a failure. And it's so because you could play as Bowser, and you would have your for the three v one, you would have your own screen. Yeah. yeah. So you gotta throw a blanket over them. You it's, know what I mean? It would a, be cool. But it, uh, it was a cool experiment in like console design, and like that's that's great. It's a cool exp- that, and that's what I'll call it. Like the Wii and the Wii U were interesting experiments in console design. And like I don't think we would have the switch today without without the Wii U. Um, but it's it represents Nintendo no longer caring about and I, I don't I don't like making this argument or this comparison, like core gamers. Like that was not a console. That was not what if you cared about games, that was not the console to own. If you cared about Nintendo games, then you would own that console. Like I own that console because I care about Super Smash Brothers. And I enjoy Mario Kart. Like, those are reasons to own that console. But, like, you, it would never be my only console. I could never have just the Wii U. Exactly. I have a PS4. I had the Wii U by itself with, like, a PC game. Mm-hmm. Ga- uh, good PC uh, for games. Yeah. But then once that broke, I was like, wow, I need to fill this void. Yeah. And the Wii U was never going to yeah, do that. Yeah, it was never going to do that. And I haven't even played some of the good games, like Splatoon or anything. But I don't, I don't ever see me buying another Wii U game. Be, to be honest, I yeah. do love it because like I could play it while my wife's watching Supernatural, which yeah. is funny. I could, I had Child of Light on it, which was a really fun game, really good game. And also on PS4 though. Yeah, but this is and uh, it is cool. <laughs> but you are right where the Wii was where they just disconnected, and I sure. think it's just because it sold really well. They're like, let's keep it going, yeah. but they're never going to recreate that because the Wii was awful. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, yeah, it was a it was a um, a platform for shovelware. People just didn't need to or even pretend to care about the quality of the games they were putting on the system. It was the hot thing to do to put a game on the Wii. Yeah. So everyone just like loaded shit there, whether it worked for the system or not. And it, and it just caused Nintendo to fall farther behind. You know what? I could spend all day. Oh, yeah. We should just have a podcast about us like talking about (laughs) Nintendo being awful. But I mean, to you know, while we're kicking them while they're done, uh, let's talk. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the switch, um, which uh, this is inspired by a Reddit thread uh, titled the switch came out two months ago and we still don't know anything about virtual console or online services. Now, this is. uh, This is an unfortunate problem. Yeah. Nintendo wanted to get this console out. Um. Presumably for Zelda, maybe they were ready to release it, but they didn't think, they hadn't thought through, or they they weren't prepared to release their online services. Which, yeah, I mean, think about like if if Sony released a console and the PlayStation Store wasn't on point, well, not on point, wasn't there at least, <laughs> like, like, yeah. and like you couldn't access like important features that you'd come to appreciate and need. Think about the riot that that would cause. And like, I just don't, a lot of people like to argue that Nintendo gets a pass because they're Nintendo. I don't know if that's strictly true, but I don't know why this, this isn't like 
why people aren't beating down Nintendo Store. I'm sure people, some people are. I'm sure people are complaining. Yeah. I, I'm, this is funny because I haven't. I, I'm not into. I want to switch, but I'm not like looking at it all the time. Exactly. And I've never heard of this till you brought this up to me this morning, and I was like, "Whoa, that is insane! Like, why wouldn't they come out with that? Why is that? It just shows that they rush projects when yeah. they're not ready to go out, and it makes me like upset because yeah. they're not only gonna like rush a pro- uh, product, but they're gonna like only make eight of them and then <laughs> just put them out there. Wait, are we still talking about the Switch or are we talking I, about the, <laughs> anything really by them? But it's crazy because, like, I would never I would never buy the Switch unless it had online services. You know what I mean? It's part of what, like, it's like a package deal now with consoles. Yeah. It would be weird to play, like, I mean, I would go back to the PS2. Yeah. But it would be weird if they remade the PS2 and, like, like Didn't you know, have an online store. No online yeah, on it yeah. or, like, no PlayStation store. It's like, why wouldn't you do that? It's like 20... It's yeah, like, it's so late in the game for consoles, and and that's you know Nintendo's always marched to the beat of their own drum or whatever excuse you want to use to justify this, but like it's not it's it's you know there's a real the at the end of this um, post that this user uh, Divine Beast Survey or something um, wrote the the he asked he or she asked the question how is this acceptable It's not like it it's, if you if you are if you are in the position where you're thinking about getting the Switch as, like, your primary game-playing console, this would not be acceptable. It would not. So even for a secondary console, like, if I was considering getting it, I wouldn't accept it either. And I think that's, like, a ridiculous thing that people are just, like, cool with it. Or And, like, people want to play Nintendo games. That's why they're, that's why they're, that's why they're okay with it, basically. But, like, I think we need to stop giving Nintendo this excuse. I hate Nintendo sometimes. <laughs> I sometimes. do. I see it's hard because I do love Nintendo. Because you want to say I hate Nintendo because they frustrate you so much, but then you, you're like, mm, Nintendo, you did you did good things for me. Nintendo <laughs> has, like, molded me. And, like, it's, like, nursed me. And yeah. so it's, like, that, like, that father who went out for a pack of smokes and never came never back and then you yeah. reconnect and you're just like well he's my father he's my father but i fucking hate his guts i don't know it's like <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, i don't know it's it's like a really rough situation um to be i think a nintendo fan. i just i want them to do good yeah. but at the same time i would watch them fail and like uh it just it's, it's hard for me because i you know it's hard for anyone we want these good consoles to yeah. come out and be amazing but I just feel like they don't listen to anyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, yeah, I don't know. Speaking of potentially amazing consoles, or rather I should say handhelds, uh, the Ninten- new Nintendo 2DS XL, um, w- it, was it officially released? I didn't actually look. I don't think it's officially think released. talked about yeah, it. Yeah, they, they had a trailer soon. which uh, showed like the new 2DS XL, which yeah. the, it comes with the extra joystick. It's got an updated um, SD port instead of screwing it off which like made like no sense why would you want to screw out like you need a screwdriver to get your sd card out that that was cool yeah and um apparently it's gonna have a smaller um you call it stylus okay cool which uh i'm not i'm I'm okay with yeah that's fine yeah but um overall i'm excited for this so so it's gonna be 150 dollars. it's gonna come out on july 28th um and it it has the It has the it's fine. It has the <laughs> clamshell instead of the kind of like doorstop looking model that the original 2DS has. I have the original 2DS yeah. because I didn't give a shit about 3D and like it was cheaper. So I was like, okay, I want to play some Pokemon. This is the way to do it. Um, I would if if I didn't already have that, I would consider getting this. But that's not so much what I want to talk about today. It looks pretty good, yeah. right? It looks... I mean, like, I would recommend this to someone who wants a handheld gaming system. Why are they doing this now? When the Switch is out, their their mobile, not mobile console, and they... I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you... The only reason that anyone would want to own a Switch is if Nintendo plans on putting as many of their eggs in that basket as they possibly can. I don't know why they're investing in another hand handheld when they should be putting those games and that effort and that money into the Switch itself. I completely agree. Okay. With you. Your point is super valid. <laughs> okay. We have to understand that for Nintendo, the only thing that's been overwhelmingly positive has been their handhelds. Like, think about the 2D... Um, yeah, what do you call it? No. 
The first DS. Yeah. That's such an insane concept. Yeah. But they went with it and it was really successful. Yeah. And ever since then, they've only made improvements for it. Yeah. Like it says right on there here, the 3DS has been resigned six times in five years. Yeah. And that's really strange, but each installment has been better improvements and people want that. I really want the 2DS XL because one, I hate the 3D portion. It gives me a headache. Yeah. I never play with it, but I want a bigger 3ds so now you're going to tell me i can get a bigger 3ds except get rid of the 3d portion yeah and it's you know reasonably priced i like that i'm probably going to buy this however they're doing this because when the wii u like when, look at the wii u when it came out it was so bad they didn't sell like any of them mm-hmm. there's so much extra which is so weird for nintendo mm-hmm. they probably were just like what do we do yeah um, and they shifted a lot of focus onto the 3DS and, like, the handhelds because they realized that's what's going to sell. Yeah. It's going to give us that buffer zone. Yeah. Um, I think they're afraid the Switch is going to do the same. I mean, I, mean, I think... I, okay. You're right. Why, gets- why wouldn't they invest money into it to make it good? But yeah. I think instead they take that money and they're like, huh, oh, like, this could be really bad. Why, why would we make more games when we can just 2DS XL? I, so what I don't understand is, okay, so you're upgrading your console experience to also be a handheld experience. This like this the switch needs to be the natural con- convolution like the natural evolution of both the 3DS like the DS line and the console line. I think it needs to be the point at which those two things meet and then that is the direction they they have moving forward along with their mobile. So like I think they need to be doing switch and mobile at this point. I think they need to drop the DS line, which I know is insane because it actually makes them money, but if they want to play in the mobile space with their console then do it. I've actually never thought about this because you're right. They're kind of competing with themselves at this yeah. point. However, it would be impossible for them to drop the DS line. I think, I think maybe the switch was a bad idea because like you're, because these are technically consoles. These handheld, you know, um, game boys. Yeah. You but, can get um, full experiences on them. Yeah. The switch would be like the natural evolution of both consoles and handheld meeting. They're both using like cartridges. Basically they're yeah. both using like they both, you can take them with you wherever you go. They're both too fucking big to fit in your pocket anyway. <laughs> yeah, so it's not, not really a, like a mobile console. Anyway, I just, I don't understand this because like it seems, it seems so obvious to me that like if you, there's, there's risk in this business. All the time. And, like, I, I get it. Like, I'm being ridiculous by suggesting that they drop the, the DS line. That's Harrison. That's, yeah, it's insane. <laughs> that would be crazy. But maybe, like, that's what the Switch needs to be. It needs to be their all-in investment. And, like, they put all of their games there. And they put all their third-party support there. All the support that would have gone to the D- 3DS, you, you put it behind the Switch. And that's... That's the third-party support that you need. You do need support for your console. I mean, the Wii U feels... Um I mean, the Wii U is just... It's uh, a fucking wasteland. It <laughs> is. Yeah, there's, like, nothing to do on it. Unless you unless you have... That's one thing I like about it. It's really good to play with other people. Sure. And it's really hard to find couch co-op games yeah. that, like, you know, do that on the consoles Nobody nowadays. does local co-op like Nintendo. And, like, yeah. that's one of the reasons that I will always want to support them. But they, they make too many other decisions that I don't really agree with. It's really conflicting. No, I think that... that so that is their... That's one option. Drop the DS line, put all your resources behind Switch, make that a make that a successful console because it can do mobile and because it can be used at home. And like, is there a problem with blowing up like those like mobile images on a TV? Probably. I don't know. I would play like an N64 game on my my current TV. Like I would have no problem with that. It wouldn't look great, but like I would do it because I care about the game and then I could take it with me. On the go. I would easily do that. That'd be amazing. So, like, like Donkey Kong 64 in my pocket. Well, I guess my wife's purse because sure. it won't fit in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, like, it doesn't... So, that's not an issue to me. Like, I don't care if, like, mobile games wouldn't look as good on the big TV screen. Like, just do it. And then you have your... <laughs> yeah. You have your beautiful console games that will look good both on the TV and on the tablet. But maybe it's time for the DS line to evolve and become, like, the next Game Boy thing. Because, yeah. like... It, because I, I think you're... I think it's 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 weirdly late in the cycle for a new 
3DS, 2DS thing. They should have done this way earlier. Yeah. This, this is like, there's a lot of people out there who don't like the 3D portion. This I actually should have been the original 2DS. You're right. I don't know anyone that likes the 3D portion. Please, if you guys liked it, please send like a tweet out to Jack. Man. I want to know, like, it, does it not give you a headache? I, I think it looks really good. It bothers the shit out of me. I, it looks amazing. It's so cool, but I could only do like 10, 15 minutes because I get a headache and then I can't play anymore. Oh my God. All right. We have to move on because we spent like a half hour ragging on Nintendo. Sorry. Dude, I, no. <laughs> I'm not. Real. No, it's just, it's just. Like, it's so easy. It's fr- yeah, it's so it's easy. It's so easy. Do. But, like, I don't know. Like I said, just to finish it up, I don't get it. I think they should be putting all their resources behind Switch. I think the fact that they're not, like, shows not a weakness, but, like, shows a lack of faith in their own console. Did oh, you, I, any final I, point? You agree? Oh, okay, I, right. yeah, no, I agree. I'm sorry. Even though if I was purchasing a handheld today, this would be the one that I would purchase. The 2D, it yeah. would be mine, too. Yeah. I wish I didn't have a 3DS. So I could be like, oh, I can buy it. I yeah. mean, I'm going to so buy it. Trade it in. I'm going to, in. like, yeah. get some money for it. But very exciting news for me. Um, kind of the polar opposite end of the emotional spectrum from the 2DS announcement. <laughs> the Dark Trailer... Uh, the Dark Trailer. The Dark Tower trailer finally dropped. Um, and to me, it looks awesome it looks like a very cool movie i still have no idea how it's going to tell the story of seven books in one if it's going to try and do that um i i have no idea because there are like there are elements of later books that they're using in this first movie but there are significant characters missing so like i don't know what way they're going about this um i just really wanted to end up Awesome. Have you read the books? Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay, yeah. Cool. I mean, like, it was a long time ago, and it was like the they get pretty whacked towards the end. <laughs> that sounds like Stephen King. Though. His endings get a little like they okay. get very confusing. Um, and, and like I don't know, maybe I wasn't like ready to read them as a kid or whatever. But I do. I loved the first four, five books so much. They were so good. Really? Yeah. Um, and this this seems to be telling the story of of that section but i don't know i don't know if they're gonna try and cram like eight novels worth of stuff into a three-hour movie or if they're going to divide them up and how they're going to divide them up that's kind of weird i always assumed this would be like the first book if it was if so if it was covering the first book it would either be the dark tower colon gunslinger yeah or the dark tower or like i don't know how they would define it but just calling it the dark tower is like that's the all-encompassing thing well yeah but that's what they kind of do at game of thrones sure because game of thrones is only the first book title and then it's like a clash of kings and then it goes on and on fire and ice or whatever yeah yeah, the whole series is called a song of uh, a song of uh ice and fire right fire and ice i think it's ice and fire been a while but um Okay, yeah, that's interesting. I, I watch a trailer with no book knowledge. It yeah. looks cool. Uh, I like I like the uh, cast pick. Yeah. I mean, it looks like... I mean, honestly, it looks a little bit like Wild West Inception. Uh, like, yeah, that's... I, well, I assumed it was kind of Wild Westy because he's called the Gunslinger. It's So, yeah, I mean, so he... So the Gunslinger is a character named Roland, and he, um, he lives in a world where it is Wild West fantasy apocalypse like uh, all these things layered on top of each other which is part of what makes the book so the the universe so special and then he meets a character from our world and um he is like he like needs help on his journey so he kind of he's forming this relationship with this like this teenage kid and then like he later in later books he kind of meets other characters and, and forms a bond with them and that they they help him through his journey uh, while also going on their own kind of journeys of growth and everything. Point being, um, he then travels to our world because, like, he needs people and supplies. And that's one of my favorite lines in the trailer is he's like, are there, Roland, the gunslinger, is like, are there guns and bullets in your world? And the kid's like, you're going to like Earth. Like, you're going to like our world. <laughs> like, there's guns and bullets everywhere. <laughs> uh, because it's an extreme, Welcome to America. Yeah, it's an extremely rare commodity in, in Roland's world. Um, and obviously guns and bullets are his trade as the gunslinger. Anyway, the gunslingers are basically like knights. Um, and like he is, I think as far as he knows, like the last of his kind. So it's, I could go on forever, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a super cool universe. And I recommend anyone read at least the first two books cause they're great. Um, but I'm excited but I'm nervous because I'm excited. That's the worst when they make I've been burned so much. Yeah, that's the worst <laughs> when they make movies from books and they just like do not take the time with it. It's like so weird when you see a good book movie 
based off a book. Like the yeah. Harry Potter series is super, yeah. super popular. Yeah. And Lord of the Rings were very well made movies. Like the I, I think the Fellowship of the Ring was like the last big blockbuster on VHS, I think. I don't remember anything else besides that. I have no idea either. I mean like that and like yeah, I agree. I, I enjoyed those movies and they were close to faithful adaptations as close as you could get to a faithful adaptation while still making a movie yeah because you have to add things to a movie to make it yeah. like work and you have to take things out yeah and, like, there's it's never going to be quite the same no it never so i just want this i want this to be in the same like of the same caliber as the lord of the rings movies i know that's like a lot to ask but i want it to be as faithful a representation of the story as you can get because i think it's really special i can't hope that that is yeah. like, i can't actually hold that hope in my heart because that will be the same hope that crushes me absolutely when i see this movie it's, it's, it's gonna be bad. like when i see justice league and it's not good yeah and exactly. i just i want it to be good it's gonna tear your heart out, it, you know? it, it my heart's gone like yeah. after i didn't like <laughs> i'll go on i'll go on i'll say it on record and say i didn't like batman vs superman that was really bad. I don't think that's a revolutionary. Opinion. It's not, yeah. <laughs> but I, I get in, I will, I get in like not arguments, but debates sure. with my coworker who likes it. and yeah. thinks it's an amazing movie. And I'm right. just like, even from a movie standpoint, it's so bad. Mm. And I'm like, even I seen the director's cut people. If you like it, Hey, you can love it. I wish I loved it. I really do. Yeah. I love Batman. Love Superman. Ugh, I hated it. Yeah. I mean like, and the other thing I have on here is, um, is are the movie posters, which yeah. look really cool. Uh, and basically the reason I have this here is like Matthew McConaughey yeah. and, and Idris Elba. These like two great, ostensibly great actors. Like Matthew McConaughey has done some goofy shit, but he's like, he's, he's bouncing back. Winning. He's yeah. like, yeah, he's, he's like, went from rom-coms to like true detective yeah. to inception to this. He's yeah. like, he's got made a full he circle. He wasn't in, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Interstellar is what Interstellar, I'm Interstellar. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, yeah, he it like looks great, and he he looks he makes sense as this character, and like Idris Elba is just an awesome actor, and I think he fits the role sweet. of Roland very well. Yeah, he's got he's got the kind of voice that you imagine for for Roland if you if you read the book. You, yeah, I didn't read the book. No, I, want I know. To. Yeah, I, I I work at a bookstore. I see it all the time. You might as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it looks cool, and like I think it's great casting. I just hope it. I hope it works out. Um, but speaking of things that we love, books that we love. Let's talk about Game of Thrones. Absolutely. Now, the news came up this week that Game of Thrones is working on four potential spinoffs. That's amazing. Did I get that right? I, it is four potential spinoffs. Four spin-offs. potential spinoffs, perhaps prequels, maybe just spinoffs in the current universe. I don't really know. Uh, there's like This is a, kind of the suggestion from Entertainment Weekly. Are is it... Mm, this is going to hurt you to hear. Let me hear. Is it better to just let this die like is it better to go out with a bang in the next season and then just be like yes that was game of thrones it's over now and like enjoy it it's there and like that's all we're gonna do i would love to see spinoffs it's hard for me to say like i want them to end it good because i don't even have the ending sure. actually yeah. neil gaiman is now from what if i read what's true he's now the official co-author and editor of the next um wind of win the winds of winter book yeah so they kind of get it out His faster. Name come up yeah yeah and that's i'm cool i'm excited about that because yeah. i like neil gaiman and uh, that comes up with uh, yeah, Neil yeah. Gaiman's gonna come back in a couple. Of yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm okay with that because George R. R. Martin has said that like he wants to finish this. I mean, he's old; he's almost done. But um, he uh, <laughs> says he wants to do other stories about characters in it, which he has done with okay. um, Duncan the Tall and um, uh, Mister Eamon's brother. Actually, it's called okay. the, the Tales of Duncan Egg. Okay, because I mean, anyway, uh, that's I'm excited for it because <laughs> with uh, I think it was last season where they did a flashback. Which, like, the books do do some oh, flashbacks. Right, right, yeah. They don't do flashbacks, but, like, they kind of look back. Characters will, like, you know, memories. They're using Brom, uh, Bram. Brom? Bram? Bran? Bran, yeah. Bran. So, so, these Bran is a different character. Yeah, Bran's like, a different no. character. Yeah. But anyway, um, so, like, they, they, you know, they go back in their memories. They have yeah. dreams. They couldn't really do that in the TV show, which makes sense. But when they open that up, it's just like, whoa, would they do prequels? Because I would easily watch a show about... Um, Rhaegar's like Robert's Rebellion versus yeah. like them fighting on the Trident Star. Even if it's yeah. like a mini series, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Or like Aegon the Aegon Targaryen taking over Westeros with more dragons. Yeah, with his two sisters. I'm just like the building of the wall. I mean, it'd be yeah. a lot of. There's a lot of concepts there. I mean, there's a book called The World of Ice and Fire, which right. is just like 
complete history. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's so good. I have the, the big hardcover, and it's it's just so beautiful. Yeah, you're huge. So you're uh, you're the biggest fan of Game of Thrones that I know. I have a tattoo. Yeah. Um, and it's the, what, the Hand of the King? Hand um, of the King, yes. I have that. Thingy. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the pin that yeah. they wear. Exactly. And then yeah. they, after the first book, they do kind of get rid of it, though. Uh-huh. Uh, Tyrion wears a necklace that's hands interlocking. Oh, okay. Which is cool, and he, he uses that. Okay, you guys seen the show, but it's cool. I <laughs> know. So it's like, so you're a huge fan of this universe humongous and like so you know as well as i do that this is a i think you're touching on this a rich universe for storytelling it is one of the most real universes i've read in a book sure the third no joke i'm not just like a humongous fan i watched the show first but the third book in the series is one of the best books i've ever read Fair they enough. hit you hit a climax and it just you think it's going to end but it keeps going and going and then it literally goes to the last chapter where it's just like the, one of my favorite characters in the series gets taken out of the show. Ooh. And it's such a... Uh, that's why the books are better. It's literally because they took out this one character. I don't want to <laughs> so, say that. No, it's fine. So it's the reason I bring that up, this like rich universe for storytelling, is that I'm sure that these characters and these storylines, if they're well executed, will be phenomenal. Will be the next Game of Thrones. But... Are they holding on to a good thing for too long? Is that possible? Are they oh, are they supernaturaling the show? Because like supernatural, I, I is now at like thirteen seasons or something. Like something that. crazy. It's kind of ridiculous. Like I like I again. I thought seasons one through five perfect. It's really good. Everything else, fair enough. You know, it had its peaks and valleys, but like it's almost ridiculous to me now that there are thirteen seasons of a show. It's like where like what kind of straws are you grasping at to form a story i don't want that to happen to the game of thrones universe there's so much details about uh the world um plantius i believe it's called which i'm gonna go on uh, record and say i don't like that name but um it's not great it's there's (laughs) a lot to it you could even do like an entire show and i I don't know if i'd be super interested in it because i just love westeros and like just like about like the knights and stuff, but like about Essos across the sea sure. where uh, Daenerys is, you could do like stuff over there. There's plenty of information, yeah, and a lot of like the forming of Bravos, uh, old Valyria, and the, the the doom, yeah, like the volcano exploding, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. It's you know it's very very plausible. Uh, I mean, I would watch it see if it's good. I mean, it, they would have to make it as good as season one of Game of Thrones. I think season one of Game of Thrones is my favorite season. I think the most recent season of Game of Thrones is the best because things actually happen. I think yes, I agree. <laughs> I, however, I don't. I do love the last season because yeah. finally da- Danny's coming to Westeros, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like, well, but it was almost too perfect. Like they just stole all those boats from the Iron Islands, and like, yeah. like you need to see a map because they have to go all the way, all the way around Dorne. Yeah, which is like you have to go all south, the way in the south. Yeah, all the way down, all the way around there. So you have to get past there, and like as. Like rebels against the crown, like Dorn people would just kill them. You know what I mean? No one likes the Iron Man. Like even yeah. when they weren't, like when they were a part of the, like before yeah. they like kind of seceded. Yeah, uh, they had to go all the way around there with like how many boats did they take? Like how many people are loyal to this one lady and this guy who yeah. was like a disgrace, a disgrace, basically, basically. Yeah. like Theon. And then you have to go all the way to. Uh, to um, Mirin, which is like in Slaver's Bay, it's just a long journey that happened <laughs> in like a couple episodes. Yeah, they, they definitely messed with some time. I remember talking about that when, uh, like, back in the day when, uh, when that season was actually happening. It's like they are really stretching things here. Yeah, <laughs> and you when you watch the first season of Game of Thrones, you get that sense of realism. Mm-hmm. And the second season's really good too. I think it gets a bit more dramatic, and you need to add that to yeah. a, a, a show. And then the third season, that's when, when, from reading the book, that's when you can start seeing, like, some of the part, episodes getting a bit more boring and <laughs> yeah. lot add, adding a lot to it because, like, they're just like, oh, we got to turn the third book into two seasons yeah. to let this guy catch up. And, he and then he never yeah. caught up. And so now they actually... They're just making their own story, yeah. I think it was season five, the season before last, right? Yeah, I think so. They definitely did a good job being like, we're giving the book readers, like the book fans, one last chance like, yeah. for him to make a book. Because yeah. they didn't, they added some things, but they didn't go over really anything that yeah. like, we didn't already know. Yeah. But then season six came out, they're like, we got to do it. Yeah. And then so that's what they did. And it was one of the best. Oh, yeah. So if there's, if there's an argument to be made to for, um, these storytellers to create a good story in this universe, it is season six because they didn't need the material of the books. They used it as a launching pad. Mm. So maybe we can see a similar success there. Yeah. But let's say we move on to the next. Absolutely. Okay. The next thing I wanted to talk about was Marvel's The Defenders official trailer. Mm -hmm. Now, you and I were discussing this. I, okay. So huge fan of Daredevil. Yeah. Big fan of Jessica Jones. Loved it. Luke Cage is pretty good. I haven't seen it. 
didn't bother to watch Iron Fist. I heard it's bad. Yeah, I heard exactly. it's really yeah. bad. So, I'm sorry. I had so Loris Tyrell as the Iron Fist, too. Exactly. And I heard it was awful. So I kind of care about them in descending order from when they were released, basically. I think this could be good, but I don't. I just don't know anymore. I uh, here's. I will watch it. I will definitely watch it because it has Daredevil in it, and I really like Daredevil. And I would like to see the Punisher come back. Thought that was, thought that, I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I like the Punisher, but season two of Daredevil, there's some parts in it that like, and I know it's like it's probably plausible with like the comics too, but like I feel like he's okay with other people killing around him, but like as long as he doesn't kill anyone, and I always yeah. hate that. Like I'm like you can't kill anyone, and then like literally Punisher on the rooftop is just like he like yeah he fights super hard against like the Punisher because the Punisher kills people but like it's kind of like you gotta you gotta let the Punisher punish like that's the thing like you can't in the same way that you're not gonna like force Daredevil to kill someone like you're not gonna really be able to stop the Punisher from killing people you can put him in jail he's a lawyer yeah I mean I guess but it's like he like that so that was the struggle of that whole second season like how do you reconcile these two sides it was really good it was extremely good but I almost like in Jessica Jones and Daredevil, the villains are really, really powerful. Yeah. The viol- the purple, I call him the viol- Violet Man. It's the Purple Man. Uh, Kilgrave was such a, I loved his drive. I loved everything about him. He was so cool. And like, I loved how like minuscule his needs were too. But yeah. it's so scary because he can control minds. Exactly. And that was the thing. Like, like Kilgrave was one of the best realized villains on a TV show in a long time for me. And like, he, sh- like, um, David Tennant, the actor, like shows the kind of power you can bring to a comic book villain role. Whereas, like, I don't know, I couldn't tell you who the last like five villains were in the Marvel movies, but I, yeah. I know Kilgrave. Kilgrave's cool. Like I, Wilson Fisk is my care. favorite. Wilson Wilson Fisk, like again, like a character that is like a joke. He's just like a big mean boss guy. But yeah. but in this TV show, they made him like a terrifying force of nature. Like, I appreciate the shit out of Daredevil. That's why Daredevil is like my favorite because I think it has the best villains. Luke Cage, like, I didn't really care about the villain. Jessica Jones, I I really liked because of Kilgrave. I like Jessica Jones. Yeah. I like how she's like she's so smart and like a detective, and yeah. they're gonna need that because Daredevil's such a moron. I know he went to like <laughs> law school and everything, but he's so dumb. And I haven't seen Luke Cage yet, but he kind of just seems like he can't be shot. He's like Daredevil. super principled and like very strong, more but, like, morally, he, like yeah. yeah like, Driven. I don't, you don't get like a lot of like tactical stuff from him and I don't I, again I have no idea what Iron Fist is gonna do he's supposed to be like the embodiment of a weapon he's he's real strong he's a real strong boy punches things with a glowing fist yeah and that's that's great I feel like I should watch Iron Fist if I'm gonna watch the Defenders maybe I'll, I'll update you I'm trying to catch up I just finished Jessica Jones like yeah. a month ago I'm just gonna start on Luke Cage soon and then I was gonna do Iron Fist right. if it's that bad I'm just gonna scrap it yeah and then I'll, I'll watch an episode or two I'll see it. My my one uh, customer comes in all the time, buys Iron Fist comics, and mm. loves the show. Cool. Yeah, I, I was mean, like, I guess. Oh, cool. He's yeah. probably just happy. I mean, like, there's a certain point at which like people are just happy to see their things on the screen. Yeah. And like, I don't mean that in a diminishing way. Like, I'm gonna feel that way about the Dark Tower. I'm excited just because they're doing it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, but like, it doesn't. Well, we'll see if it's any good. Yeah, we'll see. Um, now, speaking of shows that we're excited about, Gr- the Gorillas animated series is set to release in 2018. I didn't even know. <laughs> that they were doing an animated series, I think this is going to be one of the weirdest things that's ever appeared on any screen. Because if you know, if you've watched any of the music videos for the girls, if you've, if you've seen the kind of like art style and like how they, how they portray these characters, like it's weird, man. Like, I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know if this is going to be any good. This might be too weird for me, even as a gorillas fan. Yeah. They, um, they're pretty, uh, they're pretty out there. They are out there. They are out there, yeah. yeah. I love uh, the uh, music video for Stylo, where it's Bruce Willis chasing them mm-hmm. and just, like, being crazy. I yeah. like that, and that's awesome. But, um, yeah, yeah I'll, I'm definitely good. I did read about this, and I, I just assumed it would never go through, like, a while ago. Well, apparently it is. And I'm okay with that. And then you weren't, like, I didn't listen to the new album yet, but Plastic Beach is, like, one of the best. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Plastic Beach. I, I obviously love... Um, Demon Days, uh, Demon Days is good. Um, D sides is, is pretty good too. I think it's called D sides. Sure, with it's got the song Hong Kong on it. I believe it's been I mean, so I have, long. I have Spotify here. Let me just <laughs> look up D. Yeah, it's definitely D sides. Sure. I, I think so. I would hate to lie to people though. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Plastic Beach, uh, Demon Days. Um, let's see what else. 
Yeah, I, like it's, anyway, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of the Gorillas. Uh, they were one of the first bands that I ever listened to, and I think they really influenced my like the kind of music that I enjoy. Like I like things with electronic influences. I like things that are weird. Uh, like a, a song has to be interesting first before I'll I'll listen to it for any other reason. It has to like make me curious, you know. Yeah, and they and, they they capture that exactly. They fulfill that in in spades. Uh, but I don't know how that translates to a TV show. Simply yeah. no idea. And so let's say they're gonna do the two D um, like art style instead Rather of the three D. Yeah, because they've done. I know they've done some both kind of yeah. CGI and like. And I do like both styles. I have to say, I think that was a good call, the, the 2D. Yeah. Because um, I feel like the CGI, it's not bad. It's it's different. Not necessarily. It's like probably I, more expensive, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I think it's this would be cool. I mean, like, I'm hoping it's kind of like uh, the Mighty Boosh TV show. Have you ever watched that? Oh, it's an excellent show. I, okay. Everyone watch it. It's on, <laughs> it's not debatable. You have to. And it's they, they make music. It's like uh, it's really funny. Mm-hmm. It's clever and it's super weird. I okay. if you like weird stuff, recommend it. It's hilarious. Check it out. And I hope it's kind of like that because I, I love I love that kind of humor and I love how they mix in music. And I know the Gorillas are going to have some music in it. Yeah, and that's super to, exciting. Right? They have to. They're yeah. it's a band it's, and yeah. and that's exciting. So I hope it's like that. Yeah, I mean, like again, it's another one of those things that I can have high hopes for, but like I w- I'm not really invested in this because I'm uh, I honestly not really expecting to like it. Um, yeah, I get that. So we'll just like see what happens, and if it's good, it's good. Uh, so the final thing I wanted to talk about, we're bringing back Neil Gaiman. Um, I just started reading American Gods. I picked it up, and I've read the first chapter, I believe. Sure, that's basically where I'm at. I haven't like gotten into it at all. But there is uh, the American Gods TV show coming out. On Stars. It? Yeah, uh, and like it... I have basically what you and I just looked at is the the main title sequence, which just kind of illustrates how weird and dark this story is. Because like I didn't want to watch any previews about it because I don't want to spoil the book that I'm literally just starting to read. Exactly the <laughs> yeah. same book. Yeah, so it's like I'm very curious about how this turns out because this this is what I think they should have done with the Dark Tower. This is I think they should have done a TV, a TV show. show. A TV shows better. I would rather like if I. I love the fact that Game of Thrones is a TV show. I was going to say, in an age of Game of Thrones and Daredevil and all these... Like, why wouldn't really, you bank on that? You know Stephen King is going to sell, too. Yeah. I mean, he's makes they made so many movies based on all this stuff. They're, making, they're remaking it, which I think is cool. Yeah. Pennywise only comes out every 27 years. The yeah. remake's coming out, out, coming out 27 years after the original, which is kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. But um, I think that's what they should have done. Yeah. When you have seven books about Especially something... when you have seven books. Yeah, exactly, you, yeah. Like, imagine a Harry Potter TV show. Actually, I think the first book would be pretty boring. The first, yeah. the first season, I guess. Yeah. It because when they're kids, it's less interesting. I guess it's like because it's like a kids show at that point. Yeah. It ages with us, you know. What yeah. I, mean? exactly. I could rewatch it movies because they're only like two hours long, but I don't know if I could watch a whole show. No, I don't it. think I would either. But this this like show this so this book American Gods is like one fat novel. It's pretty big. Dark Tower is like seven fat novels. <laughs> so I don't understand where the disconnect was there that they didn't think that would work better, again, in this age. But anyway, this is about American Gods. I'm excited to check this out because yeah. it seems like a really interesting story. So basically, I'm bringing this up. This is our this is the, the audience's us, like homework assignment. Look into American Gods. Let me know if it's good. Don't spoil shit for me. And maybe pick up the book. We'll do a little book club thing. Because yeah. I, I want to I check this. I want to keep reading this book and check it out. And then eventually watch the TV show. It's apparently amazing. I know um, he's got a spiritual um, sequel to it called Amonzi Boys. Okay. When, uh, it's, I don't want to say anything. Because um, it's, so, it's so weird what they what they put in what he puts into it and just right. shows how creative Neil Gaiman is. Yeah. And he wrote the Coraline. Yeah. Like that creepy kids book, which yep. is one of my favorite movies. Like I'm not even kidding. It's so it's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. Uh, yeah, I mean I'm excited to see what happens. But unfortunately you and I are out of time yeah. for the week. We gotta wrap this up. Um so thank you all so much for joining us for Nerds of the Roundtable. You can follow the show on Twitter at Nerds Podcast. You can follow me at Jack is Gaming, and you'll eventually be able to follow Austin somewhere as well. We'll let you know. Um, that is it. Is there anything else you want to say? Thank you guys for listening. It's been so much fun. I look forward to doing this every week. It's awesome. Yeah, me too. All right. Um, keep gaming. Keep gaming.